0: Hi there, everybody. This is Jack Graham, along with my podcast partner down in Portland, Oregon, John Peterson. Good morning, everyone. And uh, we're sitting here today um, with a special guest. I think that um, this this guest has been on before, one of our very first podcasts, way back in the way back when. But it is our pleasure to have. You know, probably, I hate to, I'm i not, I should say, hate to say this, I love to say this, uh, my best friend in the world, Bill Fortney, um, from Corbin, Kentucky, is with us today for a very special podcast on a really interesting topic. Bill, welcome.
1: Good to be with you guys. Yes.
0: We don't have to be so formal. You know, we should be like we are when we talk on the phone. Maybe we shouldn't be like when we talk on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow it's it's uh it's it's great uh you know every time bill and i talk i say well we got to get you on a podcast one of these days and this is going back so we finally have you and um today we're, we probably want to talk about a subject that is really interesting to me and to john and to bill and that is a little bit of history on nature and landscape photography Uh, We're not going to go back to the 1800s um, when things really started. I think we'll just pick things up with, uh, you know, maybe the era of Ansel Adams and those folks. Does that sound like a plan, Bill?
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of the modern age of nature and landscape photography.
2: And, and, and part of us doing this is really around, you know, it's good to know where we're going in the future, but recognizing and acknowledging the past and how we got to where we're at in this art form, I think is really important. And because uh, we, it, as we were talking about before the show, we don't know where we would be at today without these folks laying the groundwork for all of their hard work and their and the stuff that they've brought forward into today's generation so i think honoring the past and and understanding the massive contributions these guys made to this discipline of landscape and nature photography is really important
0: yeah and you know it just carries over um into a lot of things that's artistic um for example you know i list a lot of jazz as a lot of you know and you know, uh, Dizzy Gillespie came from Roy Eldridge, and a lot of these guys go back to Armstrong, and and uh, John Coltrane was influenced by Dexter Gordon, and, and people are always influenced by other people. Sometimes they don't even know it, and they are. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and 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 it's just, I think it's just, just good to spend a little time talking about about this stuff. Um, Bill, how do you want to kick? This off, you're 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 a real historian, and uh, and have so much knowledge that, uh, frankly, John and I would like to have. um And it has nothing to do with the fact that you just turned thirty-five.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, don't i where. <laughs> yeah, but it,
0: it, it just kick things off, and maybe we'll, we'll start off maybe with the
1: Adams era. Does that make sense? Yeah. I got into nature photography in 1980, Um, I'd moved to Corbin, and there was a state park just down the road from where I live, Cumberland Falls State Park, and they had a a nature weekend and I got involved in it, and um, at that time, kind of the principal people that everyone looked to were Ansel Adams and Elliot Porter, um, Edward Weston, and then two contemporaries who, uh, of that time, Lynn Rue, who was a very famous wildlife photographer, and uh, then Erwin and Peggy Bauer. Th- those were kind of the heavy hitters of that just about that time. And um, so we all kind of looked at them. Um, they all brought something unique to nature, landscape, and wildlife photography. And uh, so they were really the pioneers And that was when nature and landscape photography started to be a popular hobby for people. Um, In fact, I I would think the golden era was for maybe about uh, 30 years after 1980. Uh, It's changed. It's still important today. But it was a little different then because there were just fewer heroes to look up to. Today, there's so many wonderful photographers that, you can't keep track of them. You couldn't do a top 10 list today where you certainly could back then. You would do a top 10 list in your
0: County probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many, but you know, we, and again, folks, you know, we, we could go back to the mid 1800s and, and talk about guys like, um, what's his name? Uh, William, uh, Henry Jackson was the yep. guy who took the pictures of all the national parks. Yeah, Was the reason the parks became what they are. Um, and and uh, and, you know, other people, there's a whole and, and and frankly, you know, guys like Weston and those guys, they all came from these other folks and learned about things through these other folks. But, you know, we've only got about 40 million, 40, million, 40 minutes here, and uh, <laughs> we just can't cover it all. So, Bill, do you ever did and I guess I should know this, but did you ever have any interaction with Adams at
1: all? You know, I was I, I was signed up for a workshop with him, um, and I didn't get to go. I failed to go and uh, could kick myself because I would have met him and, you know, at least would have been able to say I, I knew him. But, no, I never did. Um, when I got involved in it, uh, when we started really doing these uh, things at Cumberland Falls, the, the principals by then were John Shaw, who in many ways... Uh, educated almost all of the guys my age now on nature and landscape and close-up photography and wildlife photography and certainly art wolf and david mooch john netherton william neal galen rowell Franz Lanning, and, and larry west who was the guy who got john involved in photography larry was uh was never as well known but he was a exceptional photographer and teacher yeah those were those were kind of the big names and what they gave all of us was this is about the same time that outdoor photographer magazine actually came on the scene i think in 1985 and so all of these photographers were brought to us in articles and we saw their images and they taught how they did things and we all got a lot of of um Got a lot of the techniques that we use today from their teaching, and some of those guys are still around. Um, so we've lost some of them, but um, they were a very important part of the foundation of what we do in terms of uh, understanding and technique today.
0: Well, you had mentioned um, in our pre-podcast discussion here a couple minutes ago. I, I guess if I remember right, is it, am I correct that the first Landscape uh, image really that became popular was the Steichen image. I think it was called Moonlight Pond or something. Yeah, in, in, around 1900, 1905, something like that. Right. And um, you know, uh, after that, there were all sorts of folks. But you know, A- Adams, I guess, was the really put things on the map and. A lot of people don't know that he was a uh, kind of a kind of a real outgoing person. And he was the first, uh, to my knowledge, the first person who really figured out how to market himself. And, uh, you know, in his work and what he did in the, in the darkroom was monumental, but he really had it figured out and. Bill, how many times have you and I been doing workshops? So we, we go through a bunch of areas that have a lot of trees and we talk about Weston's work, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he was extremely, um, extremely influential. And he was part of a group out in California called the F 32 Club. And uh, because they shot uh, with view cameras and they shot at F 32. Yeah. Um, you know, but their work was. Um, but they were groundbreaking in composition and art in the way they saw the natural world. Um, Cole was another one that was that way. Um, there were there were Imogene Cunningham. I mean, there there were a lot of photographers that all were contributing to what we think of as what we do today and influenced greatly how we see yeah. things and do things.
0: Philip Hyde, another one.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, someday
0: somebody's going to do a podcast in about fifty years, and they're going to go, "Hey, you know, there was that guy Fortney, remember him? Way back."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. I hope my record will be in a sponge by then. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyhow,
0: um, so let's let's uh, let's talk about this outdoor photography magazine. Uh, you're right; that was the that kind of became, you know. Not not like a Bible, but it was used as a resource. I know I did. I mean, uh, when I first started going to work, photo workshops, Bill, I hate to say this, when you were running them, uh, I not want to sound like both of us are sitting here in wheelchairs yet, but... Um, You know people wanted to i mean if john shaw held his camera in the right hand people held their
1: camera in their right hand i mean am i exaggerating no no in fact i think um you know i've said myself that in the early days i wanted to be john shaw um i mean you know you finally come to your senses and realize there already is a john shaw so you've got to be who you are and be the best that you can be but but we all admired these guys so much because everything that we didn't know about photography we learned from them Um, we read the articles and we were lucky enough, you and I were lucky enough to go to workshops with some of these guys and get to know them I'm, I'm not bragging but I find it amazing that when I look back over my career that almost every one of these really famous people, not going back to Ansel Adams but this Current group of Shaw and those guys, um, I've gotten to work with almost every one of them and, and got to know know them personally, and and they've all greatly influenced. And they did that for all of us. All of us watched what they did, we admired what they shot, and we wanted to learn what technique they used. And uh, I, I would say, when it's all said and done, just take John Shaw as a good example. John's greatest contribution to photography is probably that uh, thousands and thousands of photographers who became pretty good got that way because he kind of taught them the most important basics in a way that was very understandable. And, uh, he was a great teacher as well as being a a great shooter.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I think he was a, he was a a real, a real teacher in a, in a, in a university prior to, uh, just leaving that for photography. And he knew how to communicate, you know, and, and really, uh, and I'm sure he still does, um, make things simple, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, he was, uh, he was the guy. I mean, remember at the end of every workshop, Bill, he would
1: go through his camera bag with the lights off. Yeah. 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 He was a stickler for organization and knowing, all about your gear and where it was and that you could pick up a lens in the dark and know which one it was and where the aperture was. And I mean, you know, that all sounds kind of silly now after I'm celebrating my 51st year of being a shooter. And I certainly know, can identify my lenses by picking them up. But back then, that was a very novel idea. Um, Kind of like in the military where you're taught how to take your weapon apart and clean it and then put it back together even if you don't have the uh advantage of a whole lot of light you you just have to know your tools and he really believed in knowing your photographic tools
0: yeah and and those in the books that he did for uh M photo i think it was the publisher i mean every, everybody bought those i think in our last pod, podcast of Mike Moats, Mike talked about how he he uh he, uh, you know, really learned from John's books. Who else, uh, Bill? Do you think was one of the major influences? Say in the, you know, late eighties, nineties, in that in that period that that is important to you.
1: Well, you know, I certainly back to I think Larry West because Larry uh, continued to be a teacher and. And uh, an instructor, and, and learned a lot from him. One of his students, Rod Plank, yep. uh, turned out to be someone who has educated a lot of photographers. Uh, Pat O'Hara, uh, out there in your area, out in the Pacific Northwest, Pat was an extraordinary shooter and was a real good teacher and uh, did a lot of workshops. And I mean, there was just there was a ton of people. Um, you know that you could name hundreds of, and Jack Dakinga Jack Dakinga was um, became a real good educator uh, and there were a lot of other people who were really good photographers but they spent most of their time imaging Willard Clay and Jeff Foot and uh, James Radcliffe I mean there was Jim Brandenburg you could go with Jim Sugar you could go on and on yeah. but those guys were out making images for publication Uh, sugar was working for geographic brandenburg worked for geographic and they did some teaching and they did some lectures but they weren't like totally committed to going out and uh, raising up other photographers where that really became i thought one of shaw's missions um david mooch great landscape photographer and he did do some workshops but he was more out in the field shooting
0: yeah, you don't forget uh, Art Wolf. I mean, to me, and Art's still still going great guns. I he's he's gone all the time and traveling like a like a demon, and still you know still doing exceptional work as a photographer and a teacher. And yeah. you know back back in the days, back in those days, you know Art was uh, you know really cutting his teeth and. I think I said last podcast that you know Art's one of the only people I know that can photograph wildlife and travel and landscape and all these kind of kind of nature photography related fields at at the highest level.
1: Uh, Yeah, and and a true artist, Um, I think you know Art Wolf is the complete package. He he was a uh, he he wasn't a great technician early on. He learned. Um, It was always a funny story between all of us that he, uh, I was with him once and he was shooting with a motor drive and he was just spinning the aperture from uh, all the way open to all the way wide open. And I asked him what he was doing. He said, one of them is going to be a great exposure. (laughs) Um, But I mean, of course, that all passed. He really learned. But he's always had an incredible eye a wonderful uh, graphic sense. He was a painter before he was a photographer and, um, and, and his versatility uh, is one of the things I've always admired about art is that, you know, you could send him out on a portrait uh, mission or you could send him to do travel or exotic wildlife or uh, incredible landscape. I just, he did it all, still does it all. Um, I I would have to say, if you were going to make a list of the, the five best that ever did what we do he certainly had to be on that list of those five no oh, doubt yeah. yeah
2: I would agree I think you know the the one thing that he really continues to teach me is how to see the world you know it's yeah. that unique vision that he brings into whatever genre of photography he's doing it's it's how to see differently I mean we can get all the creative or all the technical knowledge we want from various sources but learning how to see is really critical and art has mastered that in, in how he presents his work.
0: Yeah. Some people when I, on my workshops and Bill and John, you both can attest to this. People will say, man, how do you guys see what you see and how, how do you learn how to do that? And I, you know, can you learn that? And you certainly can, you just got to keep doing it. And it takes a lot of practice and a lot of years and, and Art's at the top of the food chain. I used to kid uh, his his assistant Libby. You know, I used to say when Art goes into the in, into the field, I said, do, "Do all the wildlife say to themselves, Art Wolf's here'? I'm going to go run out so he can photograph me." I say he gets these shots. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, but he, he works. Work. He works hard. He at works it. hard. He works. He works very hard at it. And um. He's a, he's a, not only a, a, a great photographer; he's a great human being, and and uh, and uh, and and that's important in life too. You know, these days. So
2: yeah. So Bill, let me let me ask you: What are some of these things that let's let's pick on John Shaw just a little bit? I mean, what are some of these practical things that he brought and preached and taught people that are still sort of being used today? You know, how, how, how did he shape the photography that we see today?
1: Well, you've got to remember that in the, uh, in the mid-80s and on, uh, when all of us were getting into photography, we were, first of all, shooting film cameras. And we were shooting transparency film, slide film. And that was not an easy thing to do. If you missed it by more than about a third of a stop, uh, your slide was a throwaway. Uh, I used to jokingly say that I was better than anybody else that ever did this at one thing, and that was throwing slides across the room into a garbage can. <laughs> I threw so many away. But John made knowing how exposure works simple. He helped you understand the triangle between the speed of the film the shutter speed and the aperture and and he um really helped us to learn to understand uh, how to use those those three things back then of course the film was whatever speed it was but but using aperture and shutter speed to get the kind of photograph that you wanted either show motion or blur motion or get more or less depth of field and um So, and even about composition, he just had a very simple to the point way of explaining how you do these things. And none of us knew that. I didn't. When I started studying, I would look at one of his photographs and think, well, I would love to make that photograph, but how do you set the camera to get that effect? And he taught us all that. And uh, the book that he wrote, The um, Nature Photographer's Field Guide, uh, is still to my knowledge, the biggest-selling uh, nature photography instructional book of all time. I think it sold over a quarter of a million copies, which is outrageous for a photo book. Yeah, um, I've got it sitting on my bookshelf right behind me here. Yeah, I've had two books <laughs> that sold fifty thousand copies, and that's extraordinary. But I mean, sir, but John's record will never be touched. I don't think
0: yeah, that book's actually been updated uh, for the digital. Um, yeah years
1: i've got all of john's books in fact i recently um donated my entire photo library to um, um, up in lynch lynchburg um liberty liberty university i've got a dear friend that is their photo director there and uh, i just needed to get rid of a whole lot of stuff and other than a handful of books that That were just personally important to me, signed to me by people that I care about. But I've got five boxes of books, and I'm. But I kept all of Shaw's every, and I have every one of the books that he put out. And to this day, uh, from time to time, we'll go back and reference them, uh, just look at them, enjoy reading them again. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, you know, he, um, he, what he did, Bill. I think you said it really well. His his ability to teach was just exceptional. He kept people, um, you know, awake. He was interesting. And, you know, his talks, you know, you'd look at your watch and say, "Jesus, it's been two hours already. It just, you know, um, was amazing. Hey, let's uh, spend a few minutes with uh, Galen Rowell, if if you wouldn't mind. Um, He's another, another, another person who we revered, who um, a lot of the Folks, these days um, should know about and just let's you know we get you got to know Galen real well through the Great American Photography Weekend and I was privileged to be a little bit part of that just in attending and learning from you guys so just talking about Galen for a couple of minutes. And uh, would.
1: Galen and I were really good friends. He worked with me or I worked with him on a whole lot of workshops and got to know Galen well and he was. Really misunderstood. He, he, um, I think he wanted to be known as an intellectual and he read all of his scripts when he spoke. And, and quite honestly, um, most of his talks were kind of boring because he, you know, was trying to stick to a script. The one lecture that I was with him on one night out in Denver, Colorado, um, he, lost his script and he was in a panic. And so we took him to a restaurant and said, look, let's just have a bottle of wine and relax. And I think if you'll just show images and talk about what was going on and what you were thinking about. And we got about a bottle of wine in him and got him good and <laughs> relaxed. And he got up and it was the best lecture I ever saw him give. He was just, he he had fun. He laughed. um he was, everything was off the cuff and, um, so, I mean, he was really a great guy, and he had loved to joke and cut up um when he was tragically killed in a plane crash. uh outdoor photographer asked me to join uh, about a half a dozen other photographers and write a remembrance of Galen. And I was quite honored that they asked me to, but i it did give me a chance to talk about the Galen that most people didn't know um, Of course, he was a great photographer He had great vision. He was a mountain climber. I don't think he ever uh, summited Everest, but he did. I think he did K2 and a, a lot of really difficult climbs. And one of the reasons his images were so in- incredible was that he would go places and get shots that almost no one else, you know, had ever been there with a camera and knew what to do with a camera. Um, but he was uh, he was a great guy, and he. Uh, I think a lot of people learned from Galen. I don't think he was ever quite the teacher that John was uh, is, but um but he uh, he he contributed a great deal to photography and he made he made people respect photography as an art. Um uh, yeah. he and Art Wolf both I think contributed in that way. Yeah, uh, we've we've had many people on our
0: podcast, John, right? Mm-hmm. That um uh, that just, you know they they cut their teeth looking at ed galen's work and was inspired um i, I could think of you know mark adams for example who yep. i'm trying to get on here for us um you know he's one who's just a galen disciple and and um bill i guess we better not talk about the night he walked in with 380 slide trays of his life <laughs> That, that yeah. would be that's a podcast in itself that night
1: you yeah, know. yeah, that was quite an experience. But but you know, it honestly we have to forgive. I hope because I want people someday when they look back and remember me, I want them to forgive all of the the times that uh, they would have liked me to have finished quicker or or done a better job. But Galen was truly um a very unique and interesting guy and his contribution once again to the craft was immeasurable um and you know I don't know anybody who didn't like him um um he and art had a little falling out at one time, but they got it straightened out to their to you know i think to their credit they mended their fences and uh but he was he was a good guy, and I miss him i miss miss seeing him.
0: I would love to see what he'd be doing now with with the technology that we have
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would be really really interesting
1: that's a he uh, would be- he would afraid of it. of it, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he'd do. He'd be taking advantage of everything you can do with, uh, you know, AI. Because um, he, he was kind of out there on the edge. He he was all about getting an image, not not so much about the strict technical aspects. Yeah. Now, yeah. He, was, he was also one that sort of, um,
2: like in my consciousness, he was one of the first real kind of introspective and thinking photographers in a way that's not to that's not a slight against anybody else but he was able to put some of that introspection down on paper and share that with others Um, yeah you know
1: i think he was a real um he was very much into eastern religions um, and i think he was very contemplative um i know i've talked to him lots of times about he he used to talk about uh, one of his favorite things to, to talk about was to, to pre-visualize the shot. And I, I you know, I'm not, I, I've always had a hard time. I can visualize what I can see, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to pre-visualize. And he could, he could kind of think ahead of what he thought was going to happen and what he thought might happen and be prepared for it. And I always admired that. He was, uh, he, he was he was quite intellectual about that kind of stuff. I remember one day I,
0: I was by myself up at the Marin Headlands um, outside of San Francisco, and who pulls up next to me is Galen. And you know you can actually climb down that cliff about a hundred fifty feet <laughs> to get to a position that has a foreground of poppies of the spring and shoot the bridge and. He, he was getting ready to do that. He says, well, come on. I said, well, I, you know, you're like a mountain goat. You know, I can't, I was in good shape then I, I could. Anyway, so he hooked the he hooked a rope to the bumper of his truck and, and, and I repelled down. He walked down like it was nothing. And <laughs> we got down there and, uh, and I, it hit me and I said, man, this guy, he, he knew what, what time to be here with the right conditions. I, I was there by luck. I, you know, at that point I, i didn't, I, I was still learning I still am, but you know, I mean, he knew he, and, and so that it's, it was raining across the bay and he says, well, it won't be a rainbow today. And I said, well, it's raining over there and the sun's over here. He goes, yeah, the sun's over there, but it's not 42.3 <laughs> degrees off the horizon. I said, "What does that mean?" He goes, "Well, rainbows only happen when it's." And he knew the angle of, uh, of right. the. You know, I mean, he, he he knew this stuff, and you had to know. You know, you, you that's what makes makes good people good people. You know,
1: mm-hmm. um, his physical prowess was also. You know, you hear these stories, and and I've had people say, well, is that is it really true?" Well, I. I was on Mount Evans with him and we were doing a workshop and we were finished and we were at the, I don't know, about the 12, 13,000 level. And he said, uh, can, do you mind waiting for a minute? I want to get a run in And I'm getting out of breath, walking around the van to put gear. On, and He put his camera bag in the back and he ran the last thousand vertical feet up the side of the mountain. And there were, there were, you know, mountain goats jumping out of his way, he's tearing up the, I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, it's like a 45, 50 degree slant and he's running and he goes up a thousand feet and then comes down. And, uh, if I'd taken two steps up that hillside, they'd have buried me right there. Uh, but he was, a, he really was amazing in that respect. You tell it just briefly tell, could you tell a story about the
0: night that, we were looking for uh, Galen and he was up on the ceiling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we were at a, we were at a uh, conference center right outside of Yosemite and uh, we were all kind of in, you know, uh, having a drink and getting ready to start the evening and a lady walked over to him and said, I don't understand how you can climb a mountain without a rope. How can you just take your fingers and climb a mountain? And this room was about, the, I would say it was 25 or 30 feet high ceiling. And the walls were fireplace stone with, you know, with ledges <laughs> in them. And he said, well, let me show you. And he walked over to the wall and he climbed to the ceiling. <laughs> and here he is hanging, my speaker, my presenter, is hanging 30 feet in the sky. I'm thinking if he falls, I, <laughs> um, but but that was Galen. I mean, yes. he absolutely and it wasn't showing, showing off. It was just, it was a legitimate question. How do you do it? So he just said, here, I'll show you. I'll climb up a wall. It was amazing. So you many know, stories <laughs> like that.
0: Bill, while we're covering photographers, I, I know we're trying to stay on the nature and landscape thing, but, you know, uh, I'd like to cover one more, in my view, a monster of uh, of photography, and that's Jay Mazel. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, can we, can we just spend a couple of minutes and get you to talk about
1: Jay a little bit? Well, Jay, of course, is a very famous New York-based uh, commercial photographer. Um, and he, for many, many years, of course, made a fortune working for commercial clients. But he was known for his incredible vision and his uh, working with uh, patterns and color and um, and uh, and an awful lot, of course, he shot all over the world, but an awful lot of his most famous photographs were, you know, within blocks of where he lived. He bought a bank building in New York and he used the vault to store his slides. And uh, he famously had a photograph made he dumped. He would save the slides they were throwing away in garbage bags. And I guess they decided to do a photo shoot. And he went in the vault and got down on the floor and they completely covered him three foot deep and. Uh, slides that he was going to throw away and they shot a picture of him with his head sticking out of thousands of slides and uh but he's he was uh it wasn't his he's still living um just a brilliant photographer a true new yorker um every third word in his vocabulary is the f-bomb uh, but he's uh, but a genuine nice guy um but boy um if you ever wanted to have somebody critique or review your work, and you really didn't want to hear the truth, um, you wouldn't want him to do it, because he, he cut—he didn't cut any corners. I, the f- funny story, uh, Joe McNally wanted to take his class. His class, I think, cost $10,000 for a week, and he only took like five students at a time. And Joe McNally went to him and said, I want to take your class, and he said to Joey, so I don't I don't do them for friends for free. And he said, "No, I intend to pay you." And he said, "And I don't take it some now and some later. It's all up front." I mean, this he's saying this to Joe McNally. But I mean, this was how this is how he was he is. And uh, Joe said, "No, no, I'll." And Joe said he went and took the class. And he said he put one of his images on the screen, and, uh, he, and said, uh, he said, "He is this?'" Jay said, "Who who's, who's shot is this?" and Joe says mine he said this is crap he said you're better than this what were you thinking i mean this is this, there's nothing redeeming about this photograph and this is to joe mcnally and but i mean you have to admire him that he always even if you didn't think he was right he absolutely had a standard and he would uphold everybody to that standard period i mean there was no- uh,
0: his work is just very inspirational uh, john was here Oh, a few months ago, came up and uh, we watched, uh, there's a there's a video, a documentary video that was done about him moving out of that bank building. I think he yeah. sold that thing for about 40 something million dollars. Mm-hmm. Worth yeah, there. I think he bought it for
1: 250,000. Yeah,
0: so. but it documents is that and, and he talks a lot in it and explains a lot of his thinking and stuff. The name of that video, folks, if you want to look at it it's on youtube i think it's on amazon uh, prime as well it's all over the place it's called j Jay myself j a y m y s e l f j Jay myself j's Jay is- last name is spelled m-a-i-s-e-l uh, if you don't know jay myself please look him up and look at his work uh, if you like red you'll love jay's work it's
1: I, yeah. I have to share this story because it's the only way i'm ever going to get to brag about myself um but, well no
0: we're going to do that in
1: a minute well i was at a i'm going to do that i was at a nikon meeting and jay was there and I had just done the America from 500 feet book, which Wes and I did together was really successful. And I wanted to give a copy to Jay. So I signed a copy to him and gave it to him. And he was very gracious. And, uh, the next morning I was coming down the elevator and I got off and he was coming out the elevator on the other side at this big hotel. And he said, Bill, he said, if you had breakfast, I said, no, I'm headed there now. And he said, come on, let's have breakfast together. So we went and sat down and, um, He said, I I just want you to know, last night, I took your book, and I I read the whole thing, and I looked at every photograph, and he said, I just have one thing to say to you. F you. (laughs) And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I mean, what comes next? What's he going to say next? And then he smiled, and he said, listen, he said, the reason I said that is he said, I wish that I had thought of that project before you did, because he said, I would love to have shot, gone the places you went and that Wesley went and gotten the chance to shoot that stuff. But he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm glad I didn't because he said, I don't think I could have done a better job than you and your son did. Aww. And I thought, I, I told him sitting there at breakfast, I said, well, I said, let me tell you what you've just accomplished. No one will ever again have to tell me that I turned out to be a pretty good photographer because if you say that and you mean it, then I'm full up on compliments. I don't need I don't need to hear it from anybody else. And I and I mean that. I um, and I know him. If he thought it sucked, he'd have told me. He just said, you know, that it was a nice idea, but you sure blew it. Uh, so it really meant the world to me. And I still to this day I I, I really care for Jay. And um, I hope he lives a lot longer. He's way up in years now. And uh, but he's he certainly has con- contributed a lot to all of us in photography. Hey.
0: He sure did. I I still, you know, sit and listen to some music and always pull his books first off the shelf. They're they're really, you know, they're not not Galen images and not not wildlife and uh, nature stuff per se, but they're just amazing, you know, and they're just just very inspirational. You know, we've only got a couple minutes left, Bill, and I know that, um, you know, we've talked about all these other people, but while you're here and we have you, Um, Could you just talk about a little bit about um, where you've been and where you are now? And and, um, you know, a lot of people go back and they say, "Well, I did this, I did that, I did this." And maybe um, you know, we can all find that out on the internet. But you know, spend time on where your head is and what you're looking forward to and what you're what you're doing these days. I know what you do, but the rest of the world doesn't.
1: Well, I, you, I appreciate you asking. Um, I'm 75 years old, and I've got uh, a body that is about where most 75-year-olds are. Um, it's limiting some of what I used to do and can't do now as far as hiking great distances and things like that.
0: If you knew you were going to be
1: this old, you'd have taken better care of yourself. Oh, no joke. No joke. It's a little late now, but um, <laughs> but um, no, I, I'm... Uh, I'm still very much <clears throat> in love with photography. I'm still very much in love with photographers. I love to be with other photographers and spend time with them, and I love the fellowship. Um, I am uh, more than anything else. Uh, if I had to describe myself, I'm i uh, I'm a, a believer of Jesus Christ. I am a husband, a father. A grandfather, and I hope I'm a, as good a friend to a handful of people that call me a friend as they have been to me. And I'm I'm just enjoying life. I've got a two and a half year old golden retriever named Chester, and we are because of COVID, we've become best buddies. <laughs> we've been together for about 14 months now, and mm-hmm. uh, but you know I I enjoy life. I enjoy photography. I'm not near as serious about it. As I once was, I'm serious about doing good work. But I, you know, I'm no longer, and for a long time, I have not been concerned about how my work compares to anybody else's work or what anybody thinks of me as a photographer. Um, I would think if if I passed away, and when I pass away, which certainly will happen, uh, if someone came to the funeral and said Bill was a really good photographer. And that's all they had to say about me. I would quite honestly think I have been a failure in life. Um, if someone couldn't say, you know, I, he was a good friend or I know he was a good husband or I know he was a, a really dedicated Christian, loved the Lord with all his heart, and he shared his faith with others. Um, if you couldn't say those things about me, then I think I would have, um, you know, I would have really missed the boat. And I'm. I, and I, and I hope that that is what people will remember about me. And I think I'm a pretty good photographer, but today, I say this to groups all the time, uh, you need to know two things. I'm an exceptional photographer, but today, exceptional photographers are a dime a dozen. They re- they really are. And so just because you can shoot some nice photographs doesn't really define you. Um, I still work at it real hard. I care about it, but, um, but I'm quite quite a bit more relaxed about it than I was when I was digging real hard to try to get good.
0: Yeah. And I, I and folks, I, I could tell you, you know, um, my first workshop was with Bill in about 19. Wow. 89, maybe. Um, yeah, right. And, uh, it was with the grand record photography weekend. It was with Galen. That <laughs> <Yeah. it> was, <laughs> that was that famous night that we don't have time to talk about. Um, and and you know since then I've spent a lot of years running my own workshops and 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 I could tell you honestly every every compliment I've ever gotten is because of the influence I've gotten from Bill and and uh, not 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 you know photographically but as much on how to how to run these things I mean um, you know Bill had the the secret sauce down and he was nice enough to share that with me and. And, uh, and, and it's a pleasure, you know, I'm still doing some things with Bill and John and I are doing some things. And, uh, like I say, we all came from other people, you know, and, and, and as far as running workshops and stuff, uh, it's all, it's all due to my influence that I got, um, really from, from Well,
1: Bill. you've learned it well and you have practiced all of the good things that i tried to share and I, and done it exceptionally well and i hope that us doing this today has given all of us an opportunity to i if anyone here that hears this and they don't hear that what we're saying is is a big and sincere thank you to all the people who came before us that uh, we're all a product of who taught us and who we learned from and i learned a, a whole lot more from a lot of these people than just photography and uh um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that all of us are coming, uh, not, not that we're about to die, but that we're coming down to the latter part of our years and that we've had a life well-lived because of the good influence that some other people have had on us and what we've learned from them. Yeah, well, I mean, look, how
0: lucky. John and I talk about it all the time, right, John, How where we get to go, what we get oh to see. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The people, the people we get to meet. Um, you know, John and I are going to be in Olympic National Park for six days next week. Yeah. You I know, mean,
2: it was, just, just to interject something and go back a little bit, I was kind of laughing. I, I find myself laughing a little bit at this is Bill, I'm kind of your uh, grandkid in a way because <laughs> Jack learned from you. And the very first workshop I took was with Jack and Jack has taught me so much about this business that, you know, he learned from you and learned on his own. And so you know you speak about lineage in this industry and, and in this in this genre um, and I kind of consider myself your
0: grandkid
2: what's, well,
0: what's what's amazing about that is that bill I, correct me if I'm wrong when you started the workshop business, the workshop business was in, in its infancy.
1: Well, it was you, early it was early in the I mean there were people doing workshops yeah, but
0: you don't you didn't have people to lean on like I did I mean you 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 carved out the way of doing it by learning what worked and what didn't work
1: well then you learn yeah. you learned by not doing it right and then going back we used to the first one we ever ran was I wasn't worried about people asking for their money back I was afraid somebody was going to hang me
0: tell them a the story about uh was
1: it in tucson yeah it was in tucson arizona and it was with galen uh we of course i had not learned the importance of scouting locations so i had called the hotel and told them i needed a a room with a 12-foot ceiling we had 212 people coming to this thing and she said oh yeah we've got a 12-foot ceiling and because i had a 10 by 10 foot fast fold screen So I drive out there and get to the hotel and I go in and I'm thinking this is not can't be the right room this looks like about a nine foot ceiling and but bless her heart the gal that was the person in charge of sales at the hotel she was about four foot two (laughs) and I guess it looked like a 12 foot ceiling to her Uh, so you know from that one that was just one of many mistakes at that workshop and when it all was over I literally drove back from Tucson to Kentucky with a legal pad in the seat next to me, and I stopped about every five miles and wrote down one more thing that we totally screwed up, that, you know, we should have thought to do this, we should have thought to check this and that. By the time I got home, I had a prescription for how to never have that horrible situation again. And honestly, starting with the next workshop in Texas, we kind of had our act together but we always had a post-mortem at the end of every event and we would our team would get sit down and we would go through every single thing that could have been done better and then we developed a system to make sure that that mistake didn't ever happen again and that's just you know that's how you do it i mean it's how anybody does it you have to have to make a few mistakes and realize that that doesn't work and I've got to find a better way to do it and we were kind of at the beginning there wasn't a whole lot of people to ask uh, so yeah, you were right about that But
0: well you know we're still doing it and next year we'll we'll do some things together in the Smokies and, and Michigan or wherever we're going to be next year and we'll publish that pretty soon and then John and I are going to do some things next year and uh, we're still going to keep but keep doing what we do. What else am we gonna do, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> well, listen. It was a just an absolute pleasure to um, Bill to have you here and to hear some of these stories, um, folks. You know, you can't get this everywhere, and and uh, it was really an exceptional uh, forty-five minutes or so here with Bill today. And I thank you for doing that. Um, and we'll have to do it a little bit more frequently than we have. Um, Bill and I literally talk every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, so I, we we keep, I mean, we, we could do it, we could do it, we could do a ten podcast episode of workshop stories that would bore everybody to death, but they're quite funny. Um, but it was great to have you, Bill. Um, you know, you're the best and, you know, I love you dearly. And, and, uh, and uh, if it wasn't for you, um, I would, I certainly wouldn't be here today. And, and uh, that's, what's important. Anyhow, folks, uh, John, you want to, you want to do the the button up?
1: uh, Well,
2: sure. So I just to add my thanks, Bill, it's always a pleasure to
1: uh, get the opportunity to
2: speak with you. So thank you.
1: You too, John. I'll look forward to being in the field with you somewhere in the, just In the near, near future, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. get it. We'll go get some cheeseburgers. Sounds like a winner.
2: <laughs> all <laughs> right, folks. Um, you can check out all the show notes on wetalkphoto.com. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, let us know at wetalkphoto at gmail.com. Stay tuned. You know, subscribe and like this podcast. It always helps us. And uh, But stay tuned for more great episodes. So thanks for listening.
0: Take care, everybody.